listeners. Welcome to the first episode of Dear Pod, the podcast where we revisit the bygone era of advice columns and look at them through contemporary eyes and dry humor. So come back to a time when print wasn't dead. People took pen to paper looking for guidance from women with shellacked hair and no bedside manner. So let's see if their advice still holds up. Grab a cocktail and enjoy. Or if you're listening to Dear Pod while driving, put that cocktail in a paper bag. And with that, let's cue the typewriter. Are you Irish or is this I've just... I've had a lot of dairy. I've had too much wine. I am Irish and I don't like St. Patrick's Day. Nobody does. It's the least like, of oh, all the Irish. Patrick O'Brien. Have you ever been to uh, Pat O'Brien's and wherever? I'm like, no, no, I haven't. I hate an Irish pub too. I just, like a fake Irish, and, and they're always named Molly Maguire's. Something like that. Which you would think would help my situation with people figuring out how to spell my name, or how to say my name, or how to address me ever. <laughs> how do they not know your the, last what, name? The best part is, is that people will tag me and stuff, and they'll still misspell my names. Plural. How do they pronounce your name? Uh, I've gotten Magure, which is like the Hispanic <laughs> pronunciation of Maguire. And and the, the spellings are the worst because it's in print in front of them. It's M-A-G-U-I-R-E. There's no, you don't have to capitalize anything. You don't have to do anything. And I've gotten M-C-Q-W-I-R-E mm. in a tag where mm. my name is in front of them. Mm. So it's two mix on a mic I've been, tonight. I've been tagged. Um, there's a Patrick O'Brien. <laughs> you make it sound like it's cattle. Choreographer. <gasps> and they keep tagging me. And I'm like, hi, um, I'm not this I'm not this person. Thank, <laughs> thank you for thinking that I can. We should live the like alternate that. life of the people that were, if you Google search us, because there's an Aaron Maguire who plays lacrosse somewhere. <laughs> sure. And you know how I have a Google alert on my name because I am narcissistic. Sure. And I always want to know what's going on with that Erin McGuire. She's gotten more, I've gotten more Google alerts for her than I have for myself. I uh, I talked to my friend once upon a time, we had an idea for a, a gay horror movie that was called Homosexual Activity. Mm. And there's the, you know, the, like the obligatory horror movie, there's a tracker on somebody and they see that like whatever is like alien. You're sitting there and you can see that there's five aliens and then 10 aliens and then 15 approaching. And in homosexuality, homosexual activity, you hear, he's, the killer's 10 feet away from me. He's five feet away from me. He's negative six inches. He's inside me. <laughs> so there you go. You heard it here first. Jordan Peele. <laughs> if you're looking for your next endeavor. If you're looking for a good gay Slasher. There's film. not enough gay horror movies. Uh, only in Russia, are they? But that's a real But that's realist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's more like the Real Housewives of insert name here. Side that's note, Marcus and I got in a K-hole last night of watching uh, Sam Harris videos. Okay. A and there was a Sam Harris video. I confuse video. him for Ed Harris all the time. Well, you shouldn't. Explain Sam Harris. Sam, Sam Harris has this crazy singing voice that oh wait no sam Harris. no is that the one that goes you say my darling no who's sam who, harris then who the hell is that 
it's the guy. He sounds exactly like that. I don't know how to. Wait, wait, wait. I gotta, I gotta look it up now. I gotta. I don't know. It begins with an S. Wait, Sam. Sam Harris was in The Life and he was in the Grease. Oh, see, I don't know. Revival that we were just Sam talking about. Sam Smith. With the, Sam Smith is the popular Sam Smith guy. who wants to be a woman now. Yeah. Does he want to be a woman now? Yeah. Is that true? Did that just come out? Yeah. How do you know these stories? And I am not looking at any of the I'm right. I'm bored in life and I read. Yahoo. Doesn't Tish have you running around doing crazy she does. crap? And then when I'm running around, I just need to. Did you just say you read Yahoo? <laughs> I think that's the perfect transition back to the 1980s. I can't see any other way in. Why are you the last person? You and my father are still reading Yahoo News. My father still has an Earthlink account. And he's like, it'll come back around. And he still has... um has bell bottoms. And I remember that the argument was that they're going to be trendy again. And I was like, never. And then I walked into free people and I was like, my father was right. <laughs> this is horrifying. He's like, everything old is new again. And then my father was apparently the monopoly man. Sam Harris was, they opened the life. And then I think Liza Minnelli was part of it somehow. And they drag her up on, they literally drag her <laughs> up from the front of the stage, and I'm not even kidding. Like by the arms? Yes. Just pulled yes. her up. <laughs> they pulled her up. Let's and be honest. That's how she got on the train. That's how she got up her stairs. That's I mean, how Liza went yeah. anywhere was somebody dragging her by the arms. Yeah. Yeah. They pulled her up on stage they in that one. They pulled her out. up on stage, and of course, she's wearing like that bedazzled pants like suit. You know, like Wait, Michael Jackson. No, you know she's got like the like the sequin pants. The Bob Mackie. Yeah. So then, when they dragged her up on stage, did half of the crystals fall off? I, I don't know, but it's just like you're just like <laughs> I, I can't even believe it. Like, just shave like, the just front like, of it. Pull her up. <laughs> That's the best way to carry anybody around. And then she and Sam Smith sing. They tr- it's like they're trying to out sing one another. You just said Sam Smith. And she was like, sing it, Sam. And he's like, you shame, darling. I know you're not the only, I'm not the only one. And then Sam Harris sings. And then like, it, it was like she was trying to compete with Sam Harris. And at this time, I think Sam Harris's voice was just like, like incredible. And she's drunk or on something. On oh, I feel her pain. Benadryl. Well, <laughs> Did, did like a cord fly out of her mouth and just like a Gallagher show just slap somebody in the front row? Somebody's wearing a parka. Someone is wearing her tonsils. And holding her Swarovski crystals that just got shaved off of her unitard as somebody dragged her up on the stage. That's the, for the rest of my, you know what, that's going to be the next entrance like, to one of my shows. You should do that. Oh, she's got a frontal wedgie. She uh, was always in a one piece. Yeah. Which are trending right now. I like that. For men and women, one pieces are in. You mean like the men's romper? Yeah. Uh, everybody loves a romper. No one likes a romper. Unless I, you're four. Well, yeah. And I'm a long torso girl. And they always pose the problem of now I have to go to the bathroom and then you're in a public place and then you're completely naked in order to whiz. Right. Now, I'm from Boston originally. And where are you? You're from Chicago. I am. 
Where's Oak Park to Chicago? Is it a suburb of? Yes. Okay. And I was a suburb of Boston. Exact same thing. Kathy Griffin is from my hometown. Olympia Dukakis is from mine. Yeah, live. And Dane down. Cook, jealous. Yeah, no. Uh, I yeah. also have um, <clears throat> Betty White. Oh, God, that wins everything. It really does. I'm so sorry. It's okay. When we grew up in these different towns, we each had advice columns in our local papers. I was the Boston Globe. You were the? Chicago Tribune. And who was your advice columnist? Dear Abby, I also was a newspaper boy. Um, <laughs> of course you were. Hey, man, can I get you some pipes? Who wants to buy them? But I only sold them during the summer um, when we went to our lake house and we had to push a cart up a hill because it was one of those like communities where there wasn't like side, it wasn't like a normal. Like, it was rural. Kind of. And you'd have to go up and down the hill with the, this cart that only had two wheels and in order to let people know that you were out there, you'd have to scream Chicago papers. Even though that we were in Wisconsin, we only sold Chicago papers. Did you grow up in 1862? Uh-huh. Yeah, I did. Did you have, like, was your only toy that that wooden wheel with a stick yeah. and you just kept hitting it down yeah, the street? who was that genius? <laughs> no kid's name. Why did you have to, ah, Chicago Sun Tribune, and why are you British? Well, I don't know. And I don't know why you can combine the Sun Times and the Oh, Tribune. Chicago Sun Times. <laughs> Wait, you went on vacation in Wisconsin? Yeah. You, so you grew up throwing the pape. Did you read the pape when uh-huh. you were a kid? Oh, yeah. And I only really read the tempo section, which is like basically arts and entertainment. Tempo. I did arts. And, I was very much into the comics, mm. but my father had to read them before me. Why? Well, and then they like were passed penis on to me. Out or something? It was not like he was culling them for Olive information. Oil, nipples are out. <laughs> you can't look at this. She looks just like you. Olive oil does. <laughs> you know, when I was 10, I once got the Wall Street Journal and I read it like I pretended to know what was going on with the Dow Jones. <laughs> I remember being at my grandmother's house and being like, what's new with the Wall Street Journal? So now picture like a 10-year-old really scrawny redhead sitting in a, a double family home in Massachusetts trying to read the Wall Street Journal and be like, well, the Dow is up today. <laughs> That's good because I've got Apple stock. I just bought myself a fancy Macintosh computer after WrestleMania one debuted. <laughs> I was listening to We Are the World. All right. So in our newspapers growing up, people would write into the advice columns. And we had Ann Landers and Dear Abby, two people who were sisters but took on very different approaches to their advice. And I connect with Ann because she's dry as toast, and all of her answers sound like she's smoking a Virginia Slim, and she's two martinis deep, and she's just got to get this in by the deadline. So let's start reading some um, advice okay, from so these gals, and let's just see the different tone they take. Let's, yeah, I think you'll kind of get that. Okay, let's do it. So we had Dear Abby mm-hmm. in the Chicago Tribune. Hit it. Okay. Dear Abby, a recent letter about freeloading relatives revived a few memories. The wife and I got fed up by fed up with moving our kids out of their bedrooms to accommodate relatives, so we sent them all a form letter, letter saying, if they intended to visit our city, to give us a little notice, and we'd be glad to make reservations for them at a nearby motel. Oh. 
All family members responded kindly, except my wife's sister. For three months, there was total silence. Then one day, sis and Joe, in quotes, drove into our driveway and informed us that they were spending 10 days with us. There's a couple things wrong with that. Just like oh, Everything wet, wrong with wet. that. We asked, we, we asked if they had received our letter, and they said that they had. Sis said, we were so angry at first, but we couldn't see straight. But Joe, which is now not in quotes, got this vacation time we had to use up before the end of the year. And since we had no money for a regular vacation, we talked it over and decided to forgive your nasty letter and come for our vacation anyway. I told them that our letter stood and that they have to go to a motel. Then my wife caved in and begged me to let them stay. So to make a long story short, too late, <laughs> they, they stayed and ate our food and drank our wine for 10 days. What do you do with brass head boobs like that and soft as mush wives like mine? Sign me, Mad in Michigan. So then Abby responds to Dear Mad. Whom are you calling brass-headed boobs? Surely not the couple who ignored your letter and moved in on you for 10 days. And don't call your wife soft as mush when you proved to be a tower of jello. You caved in. Your wife didn't. If you want sympathy, you'll find in the dictionary not too far from sucker. Oh, my God. <laughs> First of all, no sympathy. Second of all, what is it? National Lampoon's vacation? Why are people showing up for 10 days? 10 days. Say you... Say me. <laughs> Go to hell. What would you do if somebody showed up at your house? One of your seven, seven? siblings, yep. you say, okay, well, here's arrangements for a hotel. Show up at my house or, or, or do, reserve a motel and then we'll see you all at this party. I and would... one of them shows up and stays for 10 days. First, I'd have to get past my doorman. Second. Oh, you have a doorman. Mm -hmm. It's not really that fancy. Um, I think it is. But if anyone came to my house to say, just to like out of the blue, to just stay with me for 10 days, mm -mm. pretty presumptuous that we'd want to be, like I'm, I don't even think my husband wants to be around me for like 10 hours. I don't want to be around myself for 10 days. Right. So. Why would you ever... It's so bold. Do you think that was like a big F you? And this was 1985, right? Mm -hmm. I like that I'm, I'm using the year as, as a, a gauge mm -hmm. for rudeness. I'd be well, like, could you get away with that any other time? Well, and just think about this. This is like before cell phones. So you can't be like, hey, I just sent you a text. I'm like an hour away. Carrier you'd, pigeon. Yeah. Or you'd have to pull off the side of the road. Find a pay phone. Mm -hmm. Imagine those. Remember pay phones? Yeah. I used to pee in them. Ew, why were you that guy? Stop that. I was a kid. <laughs> As a kid? Yeah. What the hell was wrong with your parents? That they were like, oh, he's got a tinkle. But at this point, my parents were probably like 50 some years old. They were like, I just I don't get even give out a crap of the house. Anymore. Just walk into that payphone. You phone. just go to the payphone and go take a piss. Oh my God. Was this a normal thing? Was there a specific payphone that you went to? I mean, I pissed a lot in random places. <laughs> you were hydrated. <laughs> I really want. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. Okay, well, I'm going to read you my Ann Landers because she doesn't take guff from anybody. And this is a short one. You ready? Dear Ann Landers, my husband, who is very quiet by nature, 
suddenly turns into an extrovert when we go to a wedding or a place where there is music. He asks every good-looking woman in the place to dance while I sit alone like a bump on a log. It's very embarrassing. What do you suggest? Signed, Solo in Toledo. And Anne says, As soon as the music begins, ask, ask him to dance. That will assure you of at least some activity. When he slips off, go chat with other women. When you're sitting alone, there are always plenty of them. I like that this woman's like, my husband is, is, my husband's a chill dude until he goes to a wedding and then he starts to dance with everybody and go scratch. What is it about it? I like also this specific or any place where there's music, <laughs> any place where there's music, Macy's yeah. ground round, ground round. <laughs> she was like, there's free popcorn and music. He's going to get up. He's going to dance. He's going to dance with anyone. This is embarrassing. Solo in Toledo. Never dance at home. Look. As soon as the music begins, you ask him to dance. Do you understand me? Stupid bitch. (laughs) I'm Ann Landers. Go straight to hell. (laughs) I'm getting paid 15 American dollars, which was at least 53 in this day and age. I mean. I can't be bothered with this. I just imagine like the thought process of like, God, I just really need someone's advice and I don't. Have any friends or family. Yeah. So I'm going to write this. I'm going to handwrite this letter. I'm going to put it in the mailbox. I'm going to put postage on it. And I'm going to wait. Yeah. And see if one of my letters, because I'm probably sent several, will make it. (laughs) And that she'll pick, she'll pick it. Out of the magic box of letters that she gets. And surely... She'll read it and she'll understand that this is an issue. And by that time, you still have not come up with your own answer? Well, no. What is wrong with you? I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait and I'm going to see. And maybe six months from now, a stranger will, will write the answer to my problems in the Boston Globe. <laughs> I have one more that I just recently unearthed. Okay. This is also with the, comes with a new picture of Abby. Oh, how does she look? Backlit. Nice. Oh, I thought you didn't say backless. Yeah. Like, how are you she's seeing a, her from behind? She's wearing a backless gown. <laughs> Jesus, because mine looks like the mother from Dirty Dancing. <clears throat> so here's, the, here's how it goes. All right. Dear Abby, I'm a 17-year-old girl who has been having a relationship. Oh, I'm sorry. Having a love relationship with a man I'll call Bill. Ew, I hate he is 35 and unhappily married. We started seeing each other three years ago and have been in love ever since. We had a lot of problems in the past because of my being underage. My parents had Bill sent to jail once because of it. And we aren't supposed to see each other until I'm 18. Oh, God. Oh, God. Bill this sa- is 1985. Bill says he's willing to divorce his wife and to live with me when I turn 18. So I'm writing for your opinion. <gasps> Do you think the difference in our ages matters? We really love each other. I can't talk to my parents about it this because they blow up when I mention his name. Signed, confused, and in love. She's 17. Oh, God, my skin is crawling. 17, he's 35. Oh, Dear, I, in truth, I, I was 18 and I dated a 28-year-old. Get out of here. Prostitution. I was always Whoa. ahead of my time. And my husband is 10 years older than me. That's different now. Is it, though? It is. She's 17. 
It is up until he's like, why, I was going to the sock hops when I was your age. Every now and then we have a moment in our relationship where he'll make a pop culture reference and I'll be like, oh, I wasn't a fetus. Mm. And you're talking about the who. Mm. It's uncomfortable. So what does she say? What's her answer? Dear confused. (laughs) Already it's like (laughs) dripping with judgment. Dear confused. You need to take a good hard look at this married man who became involved in a love relationship with a 14-year-old girl and now offers to divorce his wife to live with her. The age difference isn't as threatening as Bill's obvious lack of character. Please get professional counseling before you make any decisions. Wait a minute. 14 years old. I don't know where she got the 14. Doesn't someone proofread? No, because she doesn't care either. Mm. I'm too busy drinking Bud Light in the middle of the afternoon. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> we started seeing each other three years ago. Oh, so, so you did math. And well, we didn't. God, stupid. Must I got be a 330 on my math SATs. I don't even know what that is. I have a good Ann Landers. Are you ready? Yeah. Dear Ann Landers, you've printed several letters explaining why sailors wore earrings. The most recent, in case they fell overboard and gold earrings would pay for a Christian burial. My grandfather, whose old man sailed the seas for 60 years, swears that sailors, and especially pirates, for centuries wore earrings because they believed it improved their eyesight. This is not so crazy when one considers that the point in acupuncture corresponding to the eye is the earlobe. Hip. In Madison, Wisconsin. And here's Anne's response. Your letter makes about as much sense as the others. And now no more, please. We're beating this topic to death. (laughs) Why was Anne Landers beating the topic of sailors wearing earrings to death? What was, how did, who brought that one up that she was like, all right, I want to address this once and for all. These semen and their earrings. And I know they only had one. If, if I've done one thing on Pirates of the Caribbean. Or is it Caribbean? Oh, Caribbean. Mm. That's, a, that's a big bone of contention in my family, too. I don't really, I mean, I'm not really like hell bent over. Neither am I. I don't really care. I don't feel highs yeah. or lows anymore. Yeah. Thanks to CBD oil. <laughs> uh I mean, first of all, the letter. I like that this woman is up in arms. Her grandfather sailed to the high seas for 60 years. That's a long long time. time. 60 years? (laughs) Was he the Gordon's fisherman? I don't want... Everybody's the Gordon's fisherman. And I trust him. I do. Trust the Gordon's fisherman. That was a staple for my Friday nights, especially during Lent. Basically, as a girl who had rosacea, he was the only person that I could look up to. To mm. see what my skin would look like. I like. Did you actually give up meat for Lent when you were a kid? Yeah, I kind of. I do, don't remember I sort doing of do that. that now. But I wasn't a kid who ate fish sticks, so I had no options. I was very oh. limited. Yeah, my parents would leave the house and like, you can have fish sticks for dinner. They, they left the house and they left you with fish sticks. Yeah. Because they were fifty and they didn't care, and they were like, "We're going to leave you with fish sticks. If you have to pee, yeah, go to the phone booth." Yeah. On the corner. They're like, we'll see you later. I know there's a rash of kidnappings. We're going to go out. 
to this Ori's Italian restaurant, and we're going to leave you by yourself. No, oh, there's gonna, a Benihana yeah. down the street. Yeah, you've got the Golden Girls to take care of you. You've I don't got know why our you don't phone number. Friends. Yeah. I've written it on this piece of, actually, it's it's on a gum wrapper. Yeah, here's the phone number of the restaurant, because we don't have a cell phone. Exactly. And they'll find us. And good luck. But don't interrupt us when they're doing that onion Don't answer pyramid. the door. My parents had an outfit made for me that has my name on the front of it. I basically look like a, one of the Von Trapp kids. It was you were a like target. Those, you know, it was it was like overalls, but it wasn't. And then I had little saddle shoes, and I have it framed in my house. And it says Patrick right in front. Does so it like, say your social security number and your blood so type? Like, all someone would say, Patrick, over here. Your mother's over here. <gasps> Anybody could have said that. I got Did it lost. Say in, take me on the back. Pretty much. Someone made this for me. My yes. aunt Sue made it. Oh my God, there's always an aunt who got an embroidery machine. Yeah, she always said she was going to be my Annie Mame. I'm still waiting for her to take me. Well, she gave you an outfit that said Patrick on the front of it. Well, that is my name. Well, I mean, that you know of. Sure. You were the eighth kid. Do you really think? You're like, oh my God, we named him Gene. We just put the wrong name on that outfit. Gene. Who looks at their baby and he's like, you know who that looks like? Gene. Gene. G E N E. Yeah. That is great. Yeah, that's the one. Congratulations, everybody. Gene. Meet Gene. Ew. Gene. I'm so sorry. Gene. She's the caretaker in the park right now. There's a guy who wrote to Ann Landers. It's called The Case is Closed on Commode Caper. I know this is a silly problem compared to the most you get, but it is significant to me. After being a bachelor for nine years, I recently married, and we both knew adjustments would have to be made, and we settled on some problems in advance. But one small item was not discussed, and it is creating more trouble than I deemed possible. It is the toilet seat. Old habits are hard to break. I am simply not accustomed to flopping the lid down before I leave the bathroom. We started with gentle reminders and then tried taping notes to the wall. From there, we went to good-natured kidding that, that led to insults. Last week, we escalated from snarling to yelling and screaming. I have decided it is easier to rebel than to change. I refuse to apologize for my habit ever again. When I enter the bathroom, I have enough sense and decency to lift the seat. Does it require of my wife more energy to flop it down than it does for me to flip it up? Not less, in fact, because I am fighting gravity. I mm. say if a woman doesn't have enough sense to look where she's about to sit, she deserves the consequences. In my opinion, courtesy is something that is extended. It should not be demanded. Will you settle this, Anne? And if you aren't on my side, please skip the whole thing. I have more trouble than I can cope with right now. Signed, up, up, up in Grand Rapids. I mean, is this, is this the real problem? This is the real problem. Up, up, up. Is this the source? Yeah. But here's what Anne says. An inherent risk of writing to Anne Landers is that she might use your letter, especially if the problem is one a great many people can relate to. Yours is. I only hope you are not so exhausted from, quote, fighting gravity, end quote, <laughs> that you cannot pick up the paper to read my reply. I believe it is fair to say that any object that is shared should be left in its normal state. In the case of the commode, that's a fancy name for toilet buster. <laughs> the normal state of the seat is down. 
The wife of a well-mannered male should not need to look where she is sitting. She knows he is a gentleman and will return the lid to its proper position. The only solution I can suggest if you insist on behaving like a stubborn mule is an apartment with two bathrooms. You can then leave the seat up in yours and she can keep the seat down in hers. A man fucking landers! (laughs) So get bent! (laughs) Can you imagine if she actually said this in person to him? You can just see her like ashing all over the place and then putting her cigarette out on his dick hole. She's got a Virginia Slim that is 80% ash, 20% rage, She's had three martinis and it's 2.30 in the afternoon. Listen, you dick. <laughs> Here's how gravity works. It goes down. Up, up, up. Why did you write to a woman? I mean, what was he thinking? Like, did he honestly, like, I think someone was going to be on and my side. he was side like, is- I know, I know who's got the answer to my problems. I'm not going to write to Playboy. I'm going to write to Ann Landers. I'm going to write to a woman with high cheekbones. <laughs> Because <laughs> she'll with be a, on my side. With a cockeyed smile. Why is she cockeyed? Because you just drove drunk to the studio. Because she's cross-eyed <laughs> from having a Negroni <laughs> with breakfast, which was Mr. T's cereal, and it hurt her upper mouth. There is an upper mouth. There is. It's a whole separate mouth, and it's and it's bloody, and she's angry, and the cereal was delicious. So suck it. That must be the worst problem of 1985 then. Or at this least is, this is May. what makes me feel good about reading things that happened in the past. Is that if you, if only you could fast forward 30 years, it'd be like, oh, that's a problem. Just you wait. Just, just wait. It gets so much better. <laughs> We've got a Muppet. No, too much, too much. <laughs> uh, is there anything that you'd like to add to Anne's? See, do you see how these are good stories to tell? The ridiculous Ann Landers and uh, Dear Abby competing bitches in a very small market of newspaper advice column. <laughs> I love them so much. Because they if you think about it, like what people are accustomed to now is like Carrie Bradshaw and her little witty, which they're really not witty, mm-hmm. puns, and they're about four sentences long. Ann Landers is basically beating the shit out of you with information. And Dear Abby, on the other hand, is it's like Glinda the Good Witch. And she's Ann like, Landers, the terrible, horrifying... <laughs> I, you know, flying monkeys She's like everybody's aunt that was ever like, I have no time for you, and I'm going <laughs> to cut right to the chase, and if you don't get it, I'm going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> you know what? Maybe what we need in this day and age is a little bit more Ann Landers. I think so. We need to stop glad-handing everything. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Ann Landers had like a white Pontiac? I no, think I think she, she had a Mary Kay car. I think she had a pink. You know how they gave the Mary Kay pink, like pink Cadillacs? I think that she earned that. And then she was like, well, this makeup thing isn't going to work out. I'm going to go yell at people in the Boston Globe. <laughs> you stupid. Do you think the next time you come over for Thanksgiving, you won't park on the lawn? Let me tell you something about you, Tony. <laughs> Let me I'll tell you something about families. <laughs> I'll park my goddamn Pontiac wherever the fuck I want. I'm going to put it in your living room and I don't care because let me tell you how gravity works. It goes down, (laughs) not up. So get your own bathroom and kiss my ass. Ann Landers. (laughs) (laughs) 
Why are you so <laughs> stupid? You are so even. lucky. I, I like that she starts it off by saying, you know what the danger is about writing to me? I could print your story. I know where you fucking live and I'll fucking rip your fucking throat out. I have the power of print in my corner. I have an editor who wants stupid people like you to write to me so I can tell you get a divorce or get a second bathroom, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm Anne Flanders, and you can kiss my ass. Where's my Virginia Slim? (laughs) All females should be trained to support themselves. Oh, my God. What's the matter with you? And I think, um, I think that's Anne Flanders. I think, I think that she's the best thing that's ever come out. There's so many good Atlanters. There's another good one in here. <laughs> Abby was was the sweet, gentle. I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to give you some simple advice. She wasn't very verbose. And she was. She definitely was a, a, like, like what do you kind of expect someone to say? Yeah. And then that then when, probably like when her readership was dipping and they called her and they're like, uh. Abby, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> we need uh, you to be more like your sister. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's the problem? Um, no one likes you. Oh, really? Why? Oh, oh okay. Um, what do you mean? Well, your advice is kind of simple-minded. It's oh. a little milk toast. Oh, am I? <laughs> yeah. And I can just see it like, she's like, oh, am I? Oh, am I? Oh, am I, Joseph? Let me tell you something about me. <laughs> she rips her mask off. I'm fucking Ann Landis. <laughs> we need you to be more like your sister. Fuck her. She's yeah. like, she, all of a sudden she likes her. It's like the Hulk. She, the, anytime like they just mention her sister's name, she's like, oh, mother. Really? Let me tell you something, Joseph. I'm going to rip out your fucking endocrine system, you jackass. Let me show you how gravity works, yeah. Joe. Down, down, down. I wonder, do you think this is what the Olsen twins felt like? Ann Landers? They were like the, the Ann Landers and Dear Abby of, of a different generation. Maybe. Do you think they're not like, can you be more like your sister? You mean I can make a pucker face and look really thin? No, drink more Starbucks, you stupid bitch. <laughs> I'm Ann Landers. Am I blowing your cans off your head while yelling Ann Landers? Oh, God. Ann Landers doesn't have time for this. But she did have time for this podcast tonight. Yeah, she did, Misha. And like to thank you, and uh, and Abby would like to gently stroke your hair. Abby would like to thank you, and Anne would fucking give a shit. What do you think? <laughs> wait, wait, if you sign off as dear Abby, what would dear Abby say to say goodbye? <laughs> now signing off as dear Abby. I hope you all have a wonderful evening, and if you don't, you can all go fuck yourself. That's what she said. <laughs> Tune in again, and I'm going to give you some advice, and then I'm going to punch you in the gut, I'm going to rip your heart out, and I'm going to hold it beating in front of you, because that's how gravity works. Down, down, down. Just like the toilet seat. Stupid Toledo. And may these be the worst problems of 1985. Amen.